Welcome to Now You've Seen It. Like most movie review podcasts, Now You've Seen It contains spoilers for the movie that we are reviewing. This episode for Watchmen, however, also contains some discussion of the HBO series and some things you might consider spoilers for the show. Proceed with caution. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Now You've Seen It, the podcast that endeavors to fill the holes in your essential movie viewing history. I am your host for this episode, Mr. Michael Wiley. Now, for those of you all that don't know me, I hail from the city of Chicago. I am a husband of 20 years, two teenage boys, and I have a love for movies and Funko Pop figures. Don't know what it is about those big heads and little eyes, but I really love them. But the show isn't about me. It's about movies and about the wonderful panelists and the guests that we have. Joining me also is Mr. Peter Fisher. Am I saying that right, Pete? Is it Fisher? Yep. Mr. Peter Fisher. Now, for those of y'all that don't know Pete, Pete Hales from the Maritime Hub City. He's also a musician, a photographer, and a Photoshop whiz. He's produced the theme music for the Overcast podcast and was the host of two different app review podcasts. And for those of y'all that don't know, he actually made the logo for this show, which is actually pretty awesome. So let's welcome Pete. Pete, what's going on, my friend? Oh, nothing much. Just getting ready for Christmas. Although, Man. I guess this is January now, isn't it? So... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's like we're recording and then it's, it's gonna, it, it, it's, it's, it's magic. Exactly. Yeah. It's, so it's, it was a great Christmas and we're Christmas looking on to awesome. the new year. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Also joining us is Miss Alice Lauren. Now, for those of you that don't know Alice, Alice is a comedian. She's a singer. She's a performer. She's a, and a major podcast fan from upstate New York. Now, she's appeared on many podcasts discussing such movies as The Room, Almost Famous, Top Secret, Seven, even Fright Night. And let's give uh, Alice a big warm welcome. Hello, Alice. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm pumped to discuss what we got in front of us today. Yes. And um, how was <coughs> your Christmas? <laughs> Oh, it was great. My Christmas was great. My Hanukkah was great. My birthday was great. So just just, just killing it at the end of the year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Now we got a special guest with us on today. Um, we have Mr. Sean Harrigan. Now, Mr. Sean Harrigan is, uh, for those of you all that don't know Sean, he actually is the host of the Cinescape podcast and the co-founder of the Cinescape Media Network. Let's welcome Sean to the show. Hello, Sean. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Very uh, excited to be on. No problem, man. We are excited to have you and appreciate you coming aboard. So now, let's talk about. Uh, first of all, uh, for those of y'all that don't, um, for the benefit of just kind of giving the people some information, Sean, you are a you host a movie. Uh, you host a movie podcast, correctly? Uh, is that correct? Sir, that that is correct. Movies right. and TV. Movie. Oh, movies and TV. Excellent. Now, the movie that we're going to be talking about shortly. Um, have you seen it? previous to the podcast recording oh i have not i've actually i got the dvd uh for christmas after it had come out still to this day have never opened it it's still in plastic wrap so it is still sealed is now i've seen a movie um i actually went to the theater to go see it when it first came out um thought it was awesome you know, um, but I, but, and, you know, watched a couple of times on cable. Can I ask why you've never opened the CD? 
No, I think at the time that it came out and that I had gotten it, you know, when the trailers and everything came out, mm-hmm. I think the look of it just was too, uh, you know, reminiscent for me of, you know, the 90s Batman movies, and, you know, the Joel Schumachers. So when you had, you know, at that time, you know, Iron Man was coming out and the Incredible Hulk was coming out and Marvel started right. doing their thing, you know, it, it kind of just, it didn't look right to me. It kind of just like goofy campy and it wasn't really you know all that interesting for me so it's been you know, 10 years now since this came out and you know, i finally got around to watching it and yeah, you I, thought I, the bat nipples was a problem in I was the just, schumacher <laughs> movies i was just about to say we don't mention the joel schumacher movies when it comes to batman Tim Burton, <laughs> and then schumacher like what he did movies for batman who knew yeah we don't mention those uh, i mean if they could have got mr freeze and the watchman i would have been all about it now pete you've seen the movie though correct yes you've seen various versions of the movie if i'm not mistaken yeah i saw it when it originally came out and then i watched it again about three weeks ago and then just two days ago i watched the what is it called the director's cut of it which added like an extra 15 20 minutes to the movie so I also, for, I guess, you know, my first viewing was the director's cut. I think the runtime was three hours and 35 minutes. Um, so I didn't see the theatrical cut, so I'm not sure what they added in that made it so long. I'm guessing it's that, like, half-hour pirate anime they had going on intermittently. <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't originally in it, no. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Alice, now, Alice you've, seen, you've seen it correctly. I, I, I could have sworn that I saw it. Maybe a few years, I don't know. Time is weird, but I mean, maybe a few years after it came out, maybe. Um, but I like was like, oh no, I, I hate this. This is awful. Maybe I slept through. I have no idea because I just saw it yesterday and I had no recollection. I was like, oh no, this movie's good. So I like, I don't know. Time is an illusion. This movie is an illusion. I'm not. I'm not really sure. <laughs> okay, excellent. So look, what we'll, I tell you, what we'll do. Um, let's we'll take a real quick break and uh, pay some bills, and um, uh, we're going to take a take a real quick break, pay some bills, and then when we come back, we'll actually uh, include you guys in into in regards to what the movie is we're talking about, and then we'll go ahead and get into the meat of the subject. Is that cool? Yep. All, All right. right cool. Yeah, yeah. I hope our listeners guessed the movie. <laughs> I think we, I don't know. I don't think they guessed. We didn't really give away too many clues. Worse think. than no. bat nipples. Hmm. Yeah, well, there can only be so many. <laughs> yeah, it's only so many movies. Hashtag yeah. free the bat nipples. All right. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll be back, guys. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment 
action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. In a world where superheroes are real, well, one has real world-altering superpowers and another is super smart and really fast, but the rest are just regular folks in costumes. Anyway, in a world where Rambo didn't happen and the 22nd Amendment was repealed, a funny man's career crashes and burns. A guy in a trench coat with a blotty complexion investigates a conspiracy. A guy with a permanent case of blue bu- uh, body alienates his girlfriend by splitting his attention too much. And after coming out of retirement, Batman, I, I mean Night Owl, and his new partner rescues people from a fire in slow motion. From the director of 300, Man of Steel, the dark version of an angst-ridden, solar-powered superhero, and BVS, the dark battle between him and Batman, comes the calamari-free adaptation of Alan Moore's classic, he's guaranteed to hate, Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Okay, and we're back. Now, for those of you that are not clever enough to guess exactly which movie we were referring to, we are talking to... The 2000 and was that 2009 theatrical release of The Watchmen? Hey, Watchmen. So, Sean, I I know from your enthusiasm, I have to ask you, did you like the movie? I think that's a loaded question. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think in there, there's a good movie in there. There is. I I think Mm -hmm. it, it, it took a long time to get there. Um, but the parts that I enjoyed, you know, the, whether it be like the uber violence or, you know, action scenes or bits and whatever, uh, there is a good movie in there. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence, you know, leaning more over toward the side of liking it because there were a lot of really cool parts of the movie that I did enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it is just because I saw the director's cut with all the added things in there. Things might be out of order. I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, I think it just took a long time to connect plot points and get to where the movie is actually trying to go. They could have cut a lot of that out and I'm sure they did in the theater, but okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty good. Pete, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think this movie just goes to show that Zack Snyder can do a good movie as long as he's got a comic book telling him what to do and when. Because oh, like, yeah. like with, with his <laughs> Superman and Batman versus Superman movies, it I I often say he's awful. He's like uh, Eric Cartman from South Park oh, and his uh, <laughs> his revenge company. Uh, he, he makes all these plans, but basically it's just smearing poop over things. Uh, so so Zack Snyder's previous to this did three hundred, which was another another comic book that he turned into a movie. And with the success that he got from it, it he's still, oh, we got to do dark and gritty, dark and gritty. And that's what he did with, with like the Superman and the Batman versus Superman. It's dark and gritty. So, but this was, like I said, back when he was working off of a comic book. So it it's better than those later ones. So it it's, it's, it's probably like an eight or a nine on the scale of, of movies for me. Okay. Alice, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it was good. I think it had, I, I, I want to say beautiful writing, but I don't know what was original and what was, you know, kind of the, 
you know, what what was from the comics. Um, but at the same time, that writing kind of made it come off a bit pretentious. It kind of seemed like, especially with all of that journaling, kind of like it was going to become some kind of like white boy manifesto, you know, like, <laughs> it, it, like, like V for Vendetta, like that kind of like, oh, no, this is going to be the... I don't know, manifesto of a, of a school shooter or something someday, if, if not wow. yet. Yeah, I was just a little bit like, hmm, a, a little pretentious, a little bit, you're trying to be highbrow and it's weird. <laughs> I feel like that's the embodiment of Dr. Manhattan as a character, you know, just mm-hmm. being, you know, thinking that you're so much better and beyond humanity in that way, you know, they're insignificant. So, you know, that highbrow, like you were just saying, Rorsch- I think that, Rorsch- that feeds, sure, I think that yeah. feeds, you know, under what Zack Snyder's, you know, directionality for the movie was, you know, and how he wanted to portray that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was thinking Rorschach as well was, yeah, like, I mean, or I, I call him Rorschach, because that's just what I like to call him, but <laughs> but Rorschach, I just, I mean, that the journaling, it just was very, like, with the, the whole thing, which I know I think is straight from the comics, the joke about the clown, and, you know, it's just all very, very pretentious. He's very Dick Tracy, 1940s, yeah. you know, yeah, detective. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. Um, I I don't think I was on the the Zack Snyder hype train so much. Now, I enjoyed Three Hundred. Um, because I think it was you know the I think I really enjoyed more so the aesthetics of Three Hundred than the actual movie. You know what I mean? Because it was um it was different, and um you know the slow motion thing to me had already been kind of played out because you know the Matrix did it all the time. And Simpsons like, did it. Yeah, Simpsons did it, and it's like it was. It's in video games, and it's just like the whole slow mo thing was just kind of played out to me by that time. And um, I thought it was cool, um, but I, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, I, I'm kind of like you, like I'm kind of like you, Sean. Like Marvel, Marvel was kind of you know they were they were kind of starting to do their thing. So I wasn't. I went to go see it in the theater, but it was just really more so because my guy, who was an avid comic book fan. And um, he he was a he was a really big fan of the uh, of the graphic novel and everything and and so he was like no Mike you got it we gotta go check it out man it's gonna be good Zack Snyder yada 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 and I'm like all right man whatever and I remember watching it and was thinking like all right that was cool and then I kind of forgot about it yeah I mean definitely going on the lines with you know the Marvel stuff being more grounded in reality you know this kind of seemed you know off the bat just kind of overly campy um, but i think now watching it and appreciating it more uh actually likened it to i don't know if you guys have watched the boys on uh prime yes yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I got yeah. i got different like vibes of both shows being similar in the way that like in Watchmen they were branding their heroes and having them work for governments and things like that just like in the boys they're doing that in that more realistic type of way you know that hyper reality so it's a different little parallel maybe they drew inspiration from yeah especially with that title sequence it was like am i watching the title sequence for the boys yeah absolutely you haven't seen the boys is really good Alex. i haven't seen it, it. I, I keep seeing the commercials whenever I, I go to the movies in the theater they keep having like commercials for that, yeah. Yeah, I think they're already about to do. Uh, I think they're ready to do like a, or they they have a goal to do season two for. It. The trailer just came out for season two. Did it really? Okay, I haven't seen yeah. the trailer yet. Yes, yeah, I mean, season definitely. Yeah, Alice definitely watched season one. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really really good. Amazon, right? Yeah, it's on um, yeah. Amazon video. Amazon video. So if you were to pick, like, let's just say, if you were to pick two things. I don't want to go too far and say three. Let's just say two things <laughs> that you really liked about the movie. 
So, Sean, I'll let you go first. Give me two things that you can say. You know what? This was done well. This was done well. Uh, I think the the brutality of it really carried through, uh, you know, physically and yeah, you know, with Jeffrey D. Morgan's characters being so, you know, over the top, just violent toward whoever, you know, women, children didn't matter. Um, yeah, it added a lot to his character and made you, you know, feel, you know, when they revealed that, uh, you know, Miss Jupiter was, you know, her, his daughter. Um, I also appreciated uh, Patrick Wilson in the movie. I think he okay. was a standout. Uh, he yeah. did a phenomenal job. I, I got Michael Keaton vibes from him. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that's almost foreshadowing for a later uh, thing we're going to talk about. But uh, yeah, uh, what I liked. Uh, I I sort of like the uh, when Rorschach, Rorschach was in the prison. Yes. And, and the uh, is it Benny from Seinfeld? Is like one of the guys that he put in prison, and he thought, uh, Mickey. Uh, "Mickey, yeah, Mickey, yeah." And uh, <laughs> said, oh, we're gonna get you now. Uh, the, the... But That's turns like out, mustache twirling villainy level there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, it it made made sense about how the history changed because, in in a way, Doctor Manhattan is sort of like the Superman type of of character that. If anyone in authority asks him to do something, he'll do it. Which it was like with the uh, Batman Returns or the the uh, the comic book where he had been retired and he came back. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, the Kingdom Dark, Come. No, Dark Dark Knight Returns. The one that uh, it was this another. Is like when he was older. Yeah, and oh. he had had the girl Robin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the mutants and Dark Knight Returns. Son, yeah. Uh, I forgot where I was going. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, it, it was totally me. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so that's the riot and uh, the that's about it, I guess that I can think of. <laughs> Just sort of space there. Just all right. Well, uh, well, well. Okay, that's cool. Alice, come on, give me two things. Two things that you like about the movie. <laughs> I mean, the cinematography in general, I mean, you could just tell how it kept going over budget. You know, everything, the sets, everything looked really beautiful. And also the second thing, speaking of beautiful and funny, was that sex scene to the music of Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. That was, I look for funny things in in, in the superhero movies. I liked even like in all the Marvel movies when they suddenly went into this more funny kind of wisecrack direction with Iron Man and everything like that and things got yeah. funnier but <laughs> that sex scene to the I mean and the soundtrack by the way awesome as well but the soundtrack <laughs> with, with Halloween and oh, I, I, you know what people just need to just see that scene it's hilarious it's fantastic it's weird <laughs> I feel like half of this movie is a music video <laughs> right <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I mean, that's what Michael Bay esque. It's what Suicide Squad did as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, I guess if I had if I had to pick two things, um, I, I was definitely going to go by way of cinematography. Um, one thing I, I like, one thing I did, I I noticed like um, like you know, anytime anytime a, like anytime when 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 a comic book movie is done, those uh those that are fans of the comic books or of the material. The one thing they they always look for is how close to the material is this person going to come to, right? Mm-hmm. And um, 
I will say that like the set design, um, like when you look at the comic books and you look at the 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 set design, he was really, really close to capturing the aesthetic. I mean, like with the with the muted colors and you know, like you were saying earlier, Pete, like the kind of the grittiness and the darkness of it all. I really do, I, I really do appreciate that. And then also the the riot scene in the prison. Um, those will probably be the two things that I would pick that stood out most to me um in the movie now here's a question Mm -hmm. has any of us read the comic i personally never read it no 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 nope have you read it no but i've i've watched a couple of the documentaries that were on the dvd or the blu-ray or whatever and uh they brought the artist the colorer that did the comic book and when he was on set he said this is just like i drew it wow and and one thing about the comic book is that they used different color schemes than most comics at that point. Instead of doing the primary colors like mm-hmm. red, white, and blue, they were doing like greens and purples, and so it it was sort of a they they were using a different palette in the in the comic, and it sort of went in with the movie as well. Yeah, Zack Snyder definitely. Yeah, Zack Snyder definitely likes to utilizes color palettes in his movies <laughs> and and talking you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about how it seemed like a music video Zack snyder his first 10 productions he did were music videos for people like lizzie borden peter murphy morrissey zz top soul asylum so yeah, that's, that's, that's where sense. he made a start yeah makes a lot of sense What's that Michael Bay got to start, wasn't it? He he were doing he was doing like commercials and, and videos and things of that nature. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he kind of started in the same thing. So just a few just a few little uh tidbits of information in regards to the movie. You know, it was released on the sixth of March in two thousand and nine. So yeah, it's been over ten years ago. Um Alice was saying that every scene she said it looked like they were always going over budget, which I thought was funny. Um, but the budget for the movie is actually 130 million. I think the opening weekend it made 55. Um, it only totaled a, it only did a total gross of 107 million, just over 100, 107 here in the U.S. And then it made a cumulative worldwide gross of 185. Million. There you go. That's Watchmen for you. Tell you what, guys, what we'll do here, we're going to take another little break, and when we come back, we are going to play a little game called uh, Cast the Remake. And that should be fun. And right. yes, Michael Bay did do do a lot of video. Yeah, video that, you, oh man, you you can tell, man. I mean, if you look at his movies, it's you can bear, the quick cuts and the oh my god, yeah, you can and you can definitely tell. He also did a uh, 1990 video centerfold for Playboy. R- Michael well, Bay. That, that would explain oh. Megan Fox. Did it yeah. explode? No. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break here guys and we'll be right back the meat limit is a weekly topical movie entertainment and television podcast where your three soon-to-be new best friends guide you through the world of movies tv streaming hollywood news their deepest darkest desires and so much more join scarlet leon and matt as they discuss all things entertainment and what's coming what's going what's here to stay and what should have never been plus bonus content including but not limited to personal opinions medical advice cooking tips harrowing tales of terror and suspense fits of laughter random games and the weekly leon's corner patent pending tune in and reach your meat limit all right here everybody we are back with now you 
seen it, the podcast that endeavors to fill the holes in your essential movie view in history. So, look, we talked about the things that we liked in Watchmen. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about the things that we dislike. Now, listen, we're going to have to keep the limited to. <laughs> let's limit the dislikes to two. Sean, I'm going to start with you. What did you dislike the most about the movie? I mean, easy one for me, like I said, with the director's cut, that pirate anime cartoon that was going on and on. It yeah. added absolutely nothing to the plot. Uh, really stupid waste of time. Added an extra half hour in there. Um, there was also some bad acting and like really terrible exposition. Uh, like one scene in particular is at the newsstand with the you know the young kid reading that comic and the you know the gang that comes up and is hassling them. <laughs> like they come up out of the subway <laughs> and start like hearing that <laughs> like Night Owl took down one of their guys. And they're like, oh, I think he lives down the street. Let's go get him. <laughs> like right after they just like showed his scene with Patrick Wilson, you know, being his mentor and all. Like <laughs> it was just like so spot on the nose here's what the scene is going to be next <laughs> it was really bad because I mean, some of the time <laughs> as we all know gangs travel in bunches on the air right. and then the subway to go and find a person that they want to take Come absolutely on. yeah dressed dressed up with samurai haircut <laughs> yeah what were, what were like the top cuts they're called right top cuts something like that or top knots top or something knots? Like yeah that. top knots there you go <laughs> terrible oh lord that's good stuff Pete, what'd you dislike, man? Um, I I can't really think of. Well, one thing I didn't like is how he changed the the ending. Like mm-hmm. in in as he did it, it was he made uh, Alzheimer's made a bomb that had the same energy signature as Doctor Manhattan and blew up Manhattan to get him off the planet. Whereas in the comic book, he uh faked an alien invasion from another dimension with a giant uh psychic squid that that landed in new york and and if you weren't outright killed by it arriving it had a psychic scream that changed the people that that it hit and i i know it sounds kind of it sounds kind of well yeah 1950s comic book thing uh but and and actually in the in the documentary part of the director's cut it was called maximum maximum movie mode talked about well if i had put that in it would be an extra half an hour of exposition i'd have to do which well seeing what sean said maybe take out the uh black ship or back pirate and put that in instead because uh in the tv show on hbo they it's it's a sequel to the movie, but in their past or the time that the movie happened, Ozymandias actually did do the the squid instead of instead of the uh, Manhattan bomb. So that's yeah, would have preferred the squid ending. Yeah, because it's like it it's, it seems sort of he he worked so much at the beginning to set things up and then just leave that. Oh yeah, there was a bomb. He did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna yeah, leave. Just- yeah whereas his whole plan was to unite human humanity under a common enemy uh-huh. and force dr manhattan onto mars but once they did that there wouldn't be any any reason for humanity to stay together because he's all the way so we don't have to worry about him whereas 
like in the in the TV show, they have regular squid showers, which little little squids falling out from the sky like a like a rain shower to keep humanity go. Okay, there there might be another attack with a big one, so we got to keep our keep our stuff together. So. Yeah, I just wanted to pop in. Uh, from what I understand, the show, I did start watching the show. I'm on episode one. I still haven't finished it. But from what I understand, the show is actually a sequel to the comic only. It's not an actual sequel to the uh, the. Uh, okay. We can double check that, but I'm fairly certain that's what that is. Um, and then going off of you know having the actual squid ending like in the comic, um, you know, Alice brought the fact that you know, things over budget. So, you know, looking at the production budget at 130 million in the movie, we made 185 internationally. So it either barely broke even or probably lost them some money going into it. So if you're going to have a giant set piece, like a giant, you know, space alien squid, I mean, that <laughs> you're going to be, you know, losing a hundred million dollars on that movie easy. So I think the way that they went about the ending, you know, tying it into, you know, the you know, the Cold War and everything going on with that, the political aspects of it all. Yeah, you know, I think yeah, you know, they made the right call for it. That's just something that they could not have done, you know, financially for that movie. It would have been awesome to see that. Sure. I mean you'd never <laughs> you're just never gonna make that money back. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, Alice, two things you didn't like. I mean they're mostly just things with the story, so they're kind of, you know, un unchangeable. But I think uh Edward Blake, the comedian kind of, I mean, you know, showing that he's a rapist, that he murdered, you know, this woman that was carrying his child, that all these horrible, you know, unspeakable things that that he's done war and also not war. Um, I mean, and while he's kind of being lowered into the, you know, he's in the coffin being lowered into the ground and being prayed over and given this lovely funeral and like that, obviously made me upset because I, I understand that they're trying to show, well, you know, people are neither black and black or white. And I just, that, that really rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, he, I mean, like he had a horrible death of course, but to me it was like, Oh no, he deserves to burn, you know, kind of indignation there. Um, and then what was, Oh my gosh, I'm trying like, like blanking on the other, Thing. I think I was, I was going to, oh yeah, I was going to say the ending um, as well, because I mean, it's, it's, it's really that idea of, well, we could, you know, we've, we've killed a million people, but don't tell anyone because we're, we've saved more. And that's just that age old philosophical question about killing to spare others. And I mean, that, that's just a whole thing that we can go back and forth about and talk about for years. Um, so that sucked, I guess, to put it plainly. <laughs> I guess for me, it's 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 weird because like I, I didn't necessarily th these aren't things that I necessarily dislike. Like I I I dislike the fact that I wasn't really familiar with the characters going into mm -hmm. it, right? Um, because again, I wasn't familiar with the comic just based off I, I went based off a recommendation because I had a buddy who was really into it. So I I imagine that if I was more familiar with the characters, I probably would have enjoyed it more, I think. Um, but because I wasn't familiar with the lore and I wasn't familiar with the characters and backstories and things of that nature, it was just kind of like, it was almost like I was watching a made for cable. You know, I kind of had that vibe going into it. Mm -hmm. And then I liked the aesthetic, but on the flip side, I didn't like it because again, 
the the overuse of the slow motion it was just like uh, okay i get it zach you know you're really good at it it's kind of your thing but it's like i don't know I, I it's like too much of anything is just not good and i guess those are the two if i had to pick two things that i just like didn't that i just disliked it would probably be those two you know my unfamiliar, my unfamiliarity with the characters, and then the you know just the overuse of, of certain effects. I think this definitely could have been split into two movies. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. And like you were saying, Mike, yeah, not really knowing or caring about any of these characters off the jump. Like you're seeing, like the slow motion, you know, backstories and things like that, or, or flashbacks. But I mean, you don't really get a feel for anybody. And then right. when emotional things are happening, like with Patrick Wilson and uh, Malin Ackerman, like. Yeah, you you understand that you know it's an unrequited love, but you you don't really get the depth of it all because yeah. you, know, you, you didn't know them before. So like, exactly. why is she so in love with Doctor Manhattan? You know, he obviously doesn't give a shit about her. Uh, yeah, so things like that. Yeah, I think it's just yeah would have been you know flowing better if you had some backstory beforehand and you know exactly. knew what was going on. Well, actually, and they, worked, the- they they worked together for so long too, so it was kind of like. Well, why didn't they try this office romance before? Why right now? <laughs> and actually, the background of the movie itself, uh, DC had bought the rights to the characters from Charlton Comics. And this was originally going to be be a movie with those characters. But like mm-hmm. just in, in the de- development stage, it goes, you know, this is like uh, archetypes of of all superheroes. So and and plus. Uh, the uh the writer who is it uh um, the writer was um david hater yeah but i mean the, uh, the comic book oh uh, the comic book oh okay yeah he he went a little bit too hard too hardcore for them to really let them use their new new characters that they've bought so they let him do his own characters for it so uh yeah so it uh, it would have originally been characters that some people would have known, but instead they went with all brand new characters. Yeah. It's Alan Moore, the writer. Alan of the Moore, comic. yeah. Alan Moore, okay. Yeah, it, it it definitely took it away from me from that because it was, uh, again, it was it's was just like Sean said, there was really no, there were no connections or any ties to any of the characters for me. So when things happened, I was just like, okay, why did he die? You know, and so I don't know. I, I I just I hate that I wasn't more familiar with the. I hate I wasn't more familiar with the characters and with the lore before going in because, as I said, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit better. But I don't know. It just seemed like it was just one of those movies. It was just out of nowhere. It's like, hey, here's Watchmen, and it was just like, well, who are the Watchmen? You know, my first thing was like, oh, it was a fake Justice League. That's it. I'm telling you, that's what I thought when I when I first looked at. It. And then it was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. It was cool. And that's that's kind of how it was. It was like hey, it was a cool movie. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoyed parts. There were some really cool scenes. It really um, was. Like I said, it there's really a good was. movie in there. There's you just got to get to it. <laughs> you got to get to it, man. Got to get to it. Speaking of getting to it, let's uh, get to casting. Let's 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 recast this movie. You know, one thing Hollywood has has perfected in the last ten years is remaking reboots. So let's do a remake of our own or reboot, if you will. Of the Watchmen. Now I know there's a TV show, and you know, but uh, I want to recast the movie. Now we don't have to be so serious with it. I, I just want to re- let's let's just make it interesting. I just want to recast some of the characters 
and 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 uh let's see what we can do with it if we if we here and now you've seen it were to reboot the watchmen this would be our dream cast for the movie now pete i'm gonna let you pick character and tell me who you would cast as that character well the first one i had thought of one actress and then thought thought of another so i'll give you both for laurie could either daisy ridley well because as as of the taping star wars the rise of skywalker is like three days away okay but also margot robbie as silk specter sean that's interesting i'd check either one of them out uh i did really love malin ackerman in the movie though uh she did a great job uh i'm gonna say for yeah i kind of alluded to it earlier i brought up michael keaton i think he would have made a great night owl one yeah playing off of patrick wilson there you know a little mentor mentee relationship you know their likenesses were very similar so that was my pick as well who do we get to play who do we get to play rorschach Kevin Hart. I remember some. I remember someone <laughs> suggested Robin Williams if he was still living. Yeah, yesterday. Well, I was like, who's like more manic? I don't even know. It's, it, it would it would have been too buttoned down. Um, I'm gonna go Al Pacino. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Wow. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, I like that. I like Al. You know the what's the guy that who plays? Um, I don't know if you. Um, if you guys watch um, the Chicago um, shows that come on, but there's a guy on Chicago PD that plays um, that plays uh, the lead detective on, on on one of these teams, isn't it? And he plays the character of Hank Voigt, and uh, that guy would be the I think he would be a really good Rorschach because he has that that really gravelly type voice, and then like his his mannerisms is, is uh, I think he would be an excellent an excellent Rorschach. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Robert wow. De Niro. Robert okay. De Niro. <laughs> Robert De Niro would just have that, like you know, because <laughs> we were talking about like Dick Tracy or whatever. Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Warren Beatty. There you go. I was just about to say Warren Beatty. There I'm just still trying to picture Pacino. Wow. <laughs> okay. You seen the criminal underbelly? Oh, you're gonna turn your soul black. <laughs> oh, what were we joking about yesterday, Christopher Walken? <laughs> oh Lord, yes, Christopher Walken. That would be awesome. You know, what, you know what I would love to see? I would love to see John Delaney as uh, Doctor Manhattan. John, what? John Mulaney, the John comedian. Delaney. Yes. That's Dr. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh my god! Just giving Doctor Manhattan's monologue and his voice—that would be hilarious. Uh, well, he, Jim, he would be, he would Gaffigan. be good for the forties. Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> no, yeah, John Mulaney would be good for that. Like, like forties was it forties? Like vibe, like pre yes. pre accident. Yeah, that would have been funny. If it was just pre accident. It was a complete different actor. <laughs> now, th- those two characters are actually. Uh, brothers on my list. I've got Alexander Skarsgård as Ma- Manhattan, okay, mm. and his little brother Bill, who played Pennywise in it, yeah. the It oh, movies, yeah, as yeah, Rorschach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just got done nice. season one of Castle Rock with him in it. That's really, really good, good, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. we enjoyed it. Nice, nice. Good Let's looking guy. Who else, who, who, who else could we get to play Moloch? I've got the perfect mm-hmm. one, Doug Jones from Star Trek Discovery. Oh, and also the the fish guy from Shape of Water. Yes, yes. I, I oh my god, what's his name? Um, ah, no, that's that's not who I'm thinking. I'm like, was he in Pirates of the 
Caribbean. Who played who played Davy Jones? That's what I'm thinking. Davy Jones right now. <laughs> uh, how about like a James Caan? Oh God. <laughs> or Gary Busey. <laughs> I met Gary Busey before. He smells really, really bad. <laughs> he smells bad. He smells really bad. He smells like he he smelled like cheese. No joke. Fantastic. Right. I'm like that's uh that's awesome. He's a dick too. Oh, I, I, I don't find that hard to believe. He he, just uh, he was like, uh, he was supposed to record a uh, show introduction for my podcast, and when I went up to him to get it and started talking to him, he like shooed me away. <laughs> wow! Like like I had it set up with the show promoters and everything. His son Jake mm-hmm. did one for me. He was a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got to go talk to my TV. Yeah. <laughs> the Amazon thing. Oh my goodness. So oh, long in the tooth. Right. <laughs> Good one. All right. So look, man, we talked about the things we liked. We talked about what we didn't like. Um, we recast the movie. The only thing now we we can do is rate the movie. Now, the way we're gonna do it is we're gonna do it as a dollar value. Of course, zero being the worst, ten dollars being the most. We're gonna rate it and say how much would you pay for this movie? So, Sean, since you are our guest. I want you to go first and tell me how much would you pay for the Watchmen? Uh, I'm gonna say seven twenty-five. All right, seven twenty-five. I mean, it's a it's a good flick. Yeah, you're you're gonna get your money's worth in terms of how long you're gonna sit there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good. Not bad. Pretty good. Seven twenty-five. All right, Pete, what you think? About six. Six bucks. Yeah, Alice. I'm pretty cheap, but it's it's an epic, so I'll give it a solid ten bucks. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, go yeah. with like I'm gonna go with like. I hope you get the comfy seats in the theater. I know, yeah, man. Right, those yeah. seats better well, well, Speaker well, underneath. Out of how much? Out of how much money, though? I'm not saying I'm giving it out of ten. Ten out of like a thousand, you know. <laughs> like a thousand dollars, you know. <laughs> no. Hey, you can pay as much as you want. We're paying less. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, no, if, it's, if it's someone else's money, I'll be like, all right. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, I, I think I'm gonna go with about uh, I, I think seven dollars is fair. Um, and, and again, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't a bad movie. It's not that I didn't. Um, it was just a little disconnection because I wasn't familiar with the characters and you know some other little quirky things. But other than that, um, other than that, I you know I didn't think it was bad. So if you average up the 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 cost that we would pay, um, it would come out to. Um, seven dollars and fifty six cents. So we're going to give it a um seven point five overall, which you know that's about what we figured it would be. Yeah, I think bad. that's fair. Fair. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's pretty fair. So um, I think that's it, man. Any uh remarks or any other thoughts, Watchmen? Before we go, Sean, anything that you'd like to add? Yeah, I'm just never going to get the uh, image of Doctor Manhattan's giant blue penis swinging around. Yeah, I think that's uh. I think that's going to be etched in a lot of our brains for a long time. I'll be seeing that for the rest of my life. <laughs> Pete, what about you? Uh, I really don't have much else to say. I, I enjoyed the movie. I sat through it twice, so that's it. good for now. And just waiting for the, uh, once again, doing that time travel thing. The uh, Everyone's listening probably knows how the series ends. Uh, I'm going to find out in about an hour or so. Excellent. Alice? Um, I mean, I'm just saying, just for our last bit of, of casting, I say Malin Ackerman plays Sally Jupiter now. She can be the mom. 
and we just get someone seven years younger than her to be the daughter. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you can so, give her mom better makeup on her neck. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> God, that was terrible. Oh, man. Should we miss the, uh, she's the mom from the uh, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. So, look, sorry, we... before, before we get out of here, man, anything you want to plug or uh, you got anything coming up? Uh, yeah, you can find me on the Cinescape podcast, uh, where all good podcasts are found. Uh, also, check out our brand new website for the Cinescape Media Network at cinescape.media. We have some brand new shows starting up uh, right now in the new year. Uh, we're excited to get some new shows on, and uh, hopefully some people check it out. So, yeah, subscribe awesome. today. Cool. Pete, you have something to say? I'm sorry. Oh, just uh, uh, what saying, saying what the makeup department might say. Should we work on her? on her forehead any no that's okay that's good <laughs> on uh on sally jupiter because she, she's like queen mother on the neck and like new baby on the top of her forehead type yeah, of maybe yeah. a little graft from one to the other that might work yeah. With it. yeah i feel you man all right good stuff guys so look we're gonna get up out of here we appreciate you guys stopping by hanging out with us here on now you've seen it listen subscribe rate and review y'all already know how this thing go you can email us at oraclepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash now you've seen it. You can also check out this and other wonderful podcasts at oraclepodcast.com. And uh, we want to give a big thanks to our broadcasting partners at Age of Radio and Galactic Netcast. You can also find out more about them at ageofradio.org and gncast.com. Sean, appreciate you, brother. We appreciate you coming on and uh, we enjoyed you thoroughly. Thanks, man. Appreciate being on uh, anytime. Hit me up. Absolutely. And look, and on behalf of Alice, Pete, and myself, you have just been filled in with Central Movie Viewing Histories here. Now, on now you've seen it. And until we meet again, my friends, you all get two fingers to the side. We are out. Bye. Now You've Seen It is a production of Oracle Media Productions in association with Age of Radio and Galactic Netcasts. For more great podcasts, visit oraclepodcasts.com, ageofradio.org, and gncasts.com.